Hello and welcome to Not a Rocking Chair Librarian Podcast. This is Zoe Midler, Digital Literacy Specialist for the Boulder Valley School District. This is episode 19.6 in our dynamic duo series featuring conversations with principals and teacher librarians partnering to reset expectations for K-12 library spaces, programming, and the role of teacher libra- of the teacher librarian. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ZMidler, Z as in Zoe, M-I-D as in dog, L-E-R, at ZMidler. Today I'm speaking with Brent Caldwell, principal, and Marnie Steele, teacher librarian slash curiosity coach from BVSD's Metal Arc Pre-K-8 School. Metal Arc is organized around dynamic learning communities characterized by flexible grouping arrangements and project-based learning. The Meadowlark Library is called the Curiosity Center, a multi-use, student-centered space where Marnie, as Meadowlark's curiosity coach, creates participatory learning by doing experiences and encourages student agency through a 100% genreified collection and patron self-service functions. Additionally, Marnie lends her design thinking expertise to support teachers and students with project-based learning investigations and explorations. Let's listen to how Marnie and Brent partner to make the Curiosity Center the heart of Meadowlark's learning community. Hi, I'm Brent Caldwell, the principal at Meadowlark School. And hi, I'm Marnie Steele. I'm the teacher librarian and curiosity coach at Meadowlark. Brent and Marnie, thank you so much for taking time to join me on this podcast. You're kind of like a couple of big fish I've been waiting to get, so I'm pretty happy about this. Uh, And I know how really busy you guys are, so again, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, One of the things that, you know, I've been doing is I've been doing a series of interviews for the Not a Rocking Chair Librarian podcast called Dynamic Duos. And the Dynamic Duos are really principals and teacher librarians across Boulder Valley Valley School District and maybe some other districts, because I've been approached by a few other people too, to... um, have conversations with you guys about this partnership and how important the partnership is between the teacher librarian and the principal because we know in a lot of uh, schools that's not always the case Uh, and what do we gain and what are the benefits from having that strong partnership so I was very um, eager to speak to you guys about your journey and um, specifically because I know this is a new school. It's only been here, Brent, we're in our second year, right Right. here? Yeah, Uh, and everything was different about this place. Um, And I'm gonna let you talk a little bit more about that difference. Um, And then maybe if you could talk about what that difference did to help drive, what was the need? What, What was the role that you wanted to fill as far as the teacher librarian and then the programming for the space itself? So I'm gonna let you chat about that. So I was fortunate to be involved in um, the district strategic planning process and then ultimately um, some of the, the work with the bond that led up to the development of Meadowlark. And one of the big ahas that I had in listening to the community and representatives from the university um, and even um, high school teachers was that what we thought kids needed to know and be able to do was really different than what was leading to successful students beyond the elementary and middle school years. They really needed to be more collaborative, more um, true uh, problem solvers, um, to be able to communicate the 21st century skills that Mm -hmm. we're now all kind of focusing on. And it was a huge aha to me that um, really anything 
nowadays that you need to know that's knowledge-based, you can ask Google or Siri and (laughs) get an answer to it. And so now really it is about using the skills. And Mm -hmm. so when I was given this amazing opportunity to open Meadowlark and our previous superintendent said, we, this is an opportunity to turn education on its head. We, we know what we should be able to do. Let's get it right from the start. It was really motivating to me. And I had the great privilege of working with uh, Tiffany Lychuk, our Director of Innovation, as she was collaboratively developing the district's uh, innovation guiding principles. And two of them that have uh, resoundingly guided me through the process of opening Meadowlark and into our second year have been the, um, that learning is a social process and that learning is founded in inquiry. And so as I started to um, learn more about the vision of the architects in the district in what had already been created before I came on board. This learning community model was such an opportunity to really focus on um, the social aspects. And that immediately um, led me to the belief that our library media center should be the center of all of our learning environments. And yet, in many of our traditional environments, it's a place where you go to get a book and you're still even in this day and age sometimes shushed if you're being too loud or having too much fun in (laughs) the library so um, even just with the name the curiosity center i thought it was such an opportunity to kind of transform uh, what i guess we've all come to expect in a, a library and really make this the hub of the school and so i was excited to get to rethink the role of the the Curiosity Center in the the learning process, especially again, going back to it being a social process and it being founded in inquiry. So Mm -hmm. it was really a great opportunity to kind of start from scratch. Mm -hmm. So when you were, when you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was kind of like an epiphany, right? Like, you know, this doesn't have to be what it was before and we're gonna call it the Curiosity Center. So now when you thought about that, what were you looking for in the leadership of that space and in that programming? That's a great question. So I really, I guess in my mind was really envisioning the design thinking process. Mm -hmm. I had um, been involved in some really great work when I was still at Heatherwood Elementary and working with our community on the design process and really saw how it was able to take even some of our more reserved students and um, really help them shine with some creativity and some problem solving. And um, one of the activities that I was very first involved in in my own formal training was the yes and thinking. And so that's what I really built on from the teacher librarian role and the role of the Curiosity Center was the yes, it should be everything it's always been and a lot more because that's where schools are going and that's where technologies are going. And so I really tried to not make it about what we didn't want in the library, but what we could build on from the library. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the idea that it would be a really active social place in our school and truly be the place where um, at Meadowlark, we take great pride. One of our cornerstones is that we're a true preschool through eighth grade learning community and that is our other k8s in boulder valley have multiple elementaries that feed in at the middle level and so by nature they're sort of forced to operate as two schools within one building Mm -hmm. and we had this great opportunity to really build a 10-year relationship with our community and to really um, get older students in mentoring roles with younger students and so we need a place outside of their 
own learning community to come and be able to do that, a place that really facilitates those relationships and learning. And so that's what I always envisioned that the Curiosity Center would be. And thank goodness for Marnie being such a yes am thinker. It's, <laughs> it's really become that. Any crazy idea I've bounced off of her, she's taken it and ran and run with it. And so um, it's really developing into everything I'd always hoped for and a lot more. And so it's been exciting to see it come alive. Um, it has been, I mean, I've been able to check in on the journey occasionally when I come to visit and for different things, and it's been an amazing, I mean, the metamorphosis has been really amazing. So it's probably not even right to say metamorphosis because it didn't exist in the first place, but just watching Marnie meta, meta, metamorphosis into this teacher librarian who is doing yes and work. So do you want to talk a little bit about when you were approached with this sort of is it open-ended in some respects, like what it could be and what you could do? What were, what were, what were you thinking? Why did you embrace this so you know, willingly? Um, well, I, I taught middle school science for 11 years up in Longmont, mm -hmm. um, and I was just ready to do something a little different. And um, I was actually, in between, my daughter was a kindergartner at Heatherwood, and so I was volunteering out as a parent, and that's how I met Brent. And during that time of trying to figure out what my next step would be, I really got... Um, extra involved in design thinking. I had des done design thinking in my science classroom. I had worked out at Innovation Academy up at IBM um, in the summers and taught camps with that with kids. And I really saw how amazing design thinking can be working with students. And so when I volunteered at Heatherwood as a parent, that's how Brent and I got to know each other. And um, I actually ended up doing a part-time like um, subbing in the library and a long-term subposition. And I was thinking like, wow, maybe this could actually be something. And so when Brent talked to me about this possibility of doing this, um, I don't know, I was just so grateful for the opportunity mm -hmm. to try something and do education differently, I think, um, has always been a passion of mine and really get kids engaged and get them excited and take ownership of their learning. Mm -hmm. And so this just seemed like, another perfect fit. So this is interesting because you didn't have any library background really. I mean, y you were doing the work at Heatherwood and there was a librarian there, so you were looking at that. So what made you think, what made you both think <laughs> that you could you could come into this role and, you know, you were going to be the you're going to do some of the the traditional aspects of that role as a librarian, but also do the design thinking part, become this hub for the school. I mean, like you said, it's literally the heart of the school where a lot of this um, collaborative learning and, and, and things take place. So were you, I'm just kind of curious where your head was at with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a lot of change going on in my life in general. And so I just figured like, why not? Mm -hmm. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, I don't know, I think I tend to be a pretty positive thinker and like, hey, we'll try it. And I think the mindset, especially with design thinking is we prototype things and we try things out and mm -hmm. we get feedback and we fail forward. So instead of looking at failure as, uh, oh my gosh, I'm stupid or I'm dumb or that was such a terrible decision. Mm -hmm. It's like, what can I learn from that and move forward? And so I really, I don't know, I, I was ready to buy into that whole mantra of how Brent you know, told us how this is how we want this school to be. And I really wanted that for kids and having a daughter in elementary too, I wanted education to be different for her. And so, I don't know, I just figured why not take the plunge. And um, Jess West was working with at Heatherwood as librarian. She was taking classes at CU Denver online. And so I was watching her and asked her lots of questions and I got great support in the district. And I figured, well, 
okay, I think I can do this. And so trying to think big and be open to all these things and at the same time taking one day at a time, like at CU um, Denver, I've just taken one library class at a time and just like that within this time period, I already have five classes done and mm-hmm. I'm most of my way done through the endorsement. So that feels really great. And I think knowing that I don't have to do it alone has been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent has been so supportive of allowing me to go to other libraries and visit places and, and meet with other teachers and collaborate with other teacher librarians because it can feel a little isolated, you know, because I'm the only one in the building doing this. And so being able to make those connections with people who I've taken grad school classes with as well as going out to their places has been awesome. And I've really done that a lot last spring and then this fall. And I've seen the, the, the outcome of those visits, which has been pretty amazing. So do you want to talk a little bit about, so you've talked about student agency and you've talked about really empowering students. So can you talk about some things programmatically you've done in the space to allow for that? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest things, um, because I'm the only one here and I really want to focus on being able to do other work with students and not just checking out books is that I wanted this to be a really student-led environment. When kids come in here, they're excited to be here and they know what to do. And so um, I've spent time um, building a self-check-in station and a self-check-out station. Actually, last year I had the self-checkout, but we, we gave this problem where kids would come in and want to check out a new book and I'm teaching a lesson and doing something else. And so then they're stuck because they need an adult. And so I went over to my friend Tracy's library at Superior and she added her self-check-in station and I saw that and I'm like, I'm just gonna go with it. And I planned on doing it later and I was like, nope, let's just do it now. And um, it's been great. Like students will come in and they can check in their own books and they feel really proud of themselves too. They're excited to be part of the process and not waiting for adults. And then they can go over and type in their lunch number and they check out their own books. Um, Obviously they can still ask questions if they can't find books or need some you know, suggestions, they can do that. But that process, that piece, they are so capable of doing it. Um, and even some of our kindergartners are starting to do it too. So um, that's been a, a big thing that I'm really excited about. As Marnie was opening our library, I kind of only gave her two non-negotiable parameters. And that was that our library wouldn't shut down for book checkout or for read aloud. Mm-hmm. And that it really was yes and. I feel those are important parts of a, a really healthy library. However, I've been in even significantly smaller schools where most of the time kids needed access to the, the library. It was closed mm-hmm. or, or inaccessible to other kids. So I really pushed Marnie on. You're going to be asked to do these things because... So many of our teachers are coming from more traditional environments and we have to offer that and keep it open for all kids. It has to be a place that's open, ideally even before and after school, but certainly the whole school day for kids to come immediately when they're passionate about learning, immediately when they need access to to any kind of a resource, not just books. And so Marnie's been super receptive to that. Again, she's a yes and thinker and so um, it's required some brainstorming about how to better utilize volunteers. It's required a lot of um, training of kids to be in charge of some of the simpler things. And like, staff, too. Yeah, I've taken staff, time yes, to train staff. teachers so that they can bring their classes in here. So if they need to do some checkout, they don't necessarily need me for that. And so, um, like I said, I'm always there as to resource and support. But if something comes up and I need to go teach and do some other things in a different LC, they're able to be in this space without me. And I think that's really empowering for them too. Um, We also have like kindergarten enrichment students come up 
and they check out books for their classroom. And also preschool comes up and they check out books for their classroom. And those teachers have been great on being flexible on, hey, this, the, you know, an LC asked me to help. Can you come and facilitate that by themselves? And, and they can do it. You've said LC a couple times, and I want to let our listeners know that LC here means learning communities. Yes, we're grouped by multi-age learning communities that are about five to six traditional sections of classes. So um, we have a third and fourth grade learning community with five teachers and 130 students Mm -hmm. in it right now. So all of our um, school is organized within the five learning communities. Gotcha, okay. Um, one of the things that I want to pick up that you said, so the, the space is multi-purpose, multi-use. So lots of always ha- a lot of things always happening in here at the same time. Was there, uh, you, and you mentioned some teachers would come with sort of a traditional sort of idea of what should be happening. So how did it go at first? I mean, you've got a completely genre-fied collection, both fiction and non-fiction. You've got self-check-in, self-check-out recently added. I mean, you know, so... All that stuff. So I'm just wondering, how are how did the teachers, they must have been on a journey here with you as well. <laughs> I'm going to say that in a very politically correct way. So what, what was that like? I mean, you have to be flexible. We've had moments where it's kind of frustrating and we have different visions for how things should unfold and just be our comfort level, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, it's not that they don't want it. It's just, what are they used to? And so saying, hey, we're going to try this new thing. And I think communication is really key. And I've really worked hard to build relationships with staff across the building so that I can mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff and try out new stuff and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. You know, will you help me with this or, you know, be on board? And, you know, at times, I mean, there's been challenging conversations, but I think at the end of the day, we're all here for the same reason and the experience that we want our students to have. And so we find a way to work together. And you're and, flexibly scheduled, right? The whole space is flexibly scheduled? I would scheduled? say it's like, or is it's, it mixed? Fl- it's mixed. Mm-hmm. It's mixed. I think we, we tried to actually do that at the beginning of last year. And it was really challenging for some of the kids to know when to bring books, when, oh, I can't do this, you know, and they, they can come anytime during the week if they need to, you know, some of our avid readers, they will come and do the whole thing by themselves multiple times throughout the week but we found that to have a set time also helps and they can do more things so for instance like um I, Brad mentioned the 3-4 learning community. They come up for a curiosity center time to check out books. And during that time, we actually just started where kids are rotating through being in the broadcasting studio. And those third and fourth graders are going to learn how to use this equipment. We had kids doing makerspace building activities. And then we had a digital citizenship rotation. So they're rotating through that. And then for passion project time, I'm also leading a section with Dash Robots. Mm-hmm. And so we have robots zooming around here at other times <laughs> too. So I mean, it's just a lot of different things. And it, so that part flexes. Mm-hmm. I've also taught like a cardboard class. I've done 3D printing for passion projects. I've done a variety of things. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ebbs and flows. One of the things I love most about Marnie is she is the yes and thinker and always willing to try any crazy idea if she sees the good for kids. But she's also strong enough and confident enough to kind of push back on on me and, and the building leadership when um, we're not fully meeting kids' needs. And so when we tried the flexible scheduling, one thing I really appreciated was with Marnie was she was able to show me how some of our learning communities and specifically some of our, were organized by what we call huddles, um, which are the only time of the day that we're grouped in traditional sized groupings. And that's where we do our social and emotional learning. But the, um, the kids rotate through the library media center and their specials within the building by their huddle group. Mm-hmm. And Marnie was able to really show me some data that some kids in specific huddle groups weren't getting access to book checkout. Mm-hmm. 
and getting adequate time in here on a regular basis. And so in a, a very collaborative way, she was able to push on me, like we, we need to have some scheduled times. We need all kids to be able to have access to get into the library, to check out books in a more traditional way, to learn about the digital resources that are available and to know um, just the, the logistics of when to bring the book back and when I can check out again. So I really appreciated that and Marnie stayed open to the fact that that wouldn't then shut down the, the Curiosity Center for other purposes. So it really was a yes and mm -hmm. thinking. I keep pushing back on that. And um, when, we, when we opened Metal Arc, one of my favorite questions that we ask and still continue to ask is, um, getting to open a new school is an amazing opportunity to get education right from the start. If you're hired in this position, what are some things you will start doing? What are some things you will continue doing? And what are some things you'll stop doing with your current practices? And that ended up in the first round of um, interviews for the teacher librarian position. That seemed to be one of the the, the most important questions we asked um, a number of the people who applied initially, there really wasn't a vision of how the Curiosity Center or the, the library could be much larger or much different. And so um, people had a hard time talking about anything that they would stop doing from how they were running their current libraries and really didn't have a vision that aligned with the um, success effect mm -hmm. on how the, the library could be more. And so that was kind of the gist of why we ended up not filling the position in the first rounds of, mm -hmm. of interviews, because we were looking with someone who could be kind of a bigger thinker mm -hmm. about the space and about the resources. And in all honesty, you know, a, about a quarter of all of the money designated for the stuff inside of the building, the furniture fixtures and electronics, <laughs> about a quarter of that all lives in the Curiosity Center. So to me, it was a really important investment to get the, the right person in here with the resources to make them accessible to kids. And uh, Marnie was looking, as she mentioned, for kind of a, a life change, a career change. Mm -hmm. And um, she and I connected as I had already gone through a full round of, of interviews. And then we had coffee one morning and she was talking kind of about how her vision of being able to impact more kids in the school and mm -hmm. searching for the role. And she was doing the long-term subbing position. And I said, have you ever considered doing this <laughs> permanently? And so it kind of became this wild brainstorm of truly what could be. And, um, and through that, there've been a number of times and that Marnie has had to be like, well, we're at this we can't go that fast or we can't go that far. And, and I always knew she'd have that confidence because even as a parent in our design challenge night, sometimes she'd rein me back in because I get so excited <laughs> and she'd be like, no, your teachers are not going to go for that. Let's start that's out the, a little smaller. It's a really great sign of a great partnership though, right? Yes. You know, you're not, you know, you're empowered, but yeah. you also are empowered enough to say, I got to push back on this as well, right? That this isn't, you know, we need to might maybe tailor this differently based on the experiences yeah. I'm having, maybe on the data I can show you what I'm seeing actually happening. That's really important. No, I mean, I'm really grateful. I mean, I have felt really supported from Brent. We don't always agree on everything, but I think that, you know, we really respect each other and we're, we're, we're okay with being honest with each other. And so we've had great conversations and I felt really supported. You know, we, we've made it a goal to meet once a month just to have a check-in and great. make sure that we're on the same page and throwing out new ideas and what's going well. And just so we both, 
yeah, I don't, I don't say connected because with such a big school, you can get lost in a lot of stuff. And I've really appreciated um, having that support. It makes a huge difference. It's so funny. I, I, did, a, I did an interview with uh, Jen Benford and Tracy Huffman over at Superior. And you guys almost said word for word the exact thing, same thing about, you know, um, Tracy was looking to make a change. She'd been in the classroom a long time, but she still, and she wanted to have a bigger impact. She wanted to reach more students and just kind of a natural leader as you are, Marnie. And so, you know, Jen said, I think I have the right role for you. I know where you can have a lot of impact, where you can do a lot of different things. And I think that was such a significant mind shift for a principal to say that about the role of the teacher librarian is, is that true? I mean, you have been in other, but you've been in other schools and you've seen sort of the, sometimes the limits with which, to which that role, you know, bounces up against. And so to me, it's just like, you know, for a principal to think that there more can happen in this space than we have tradi traditionally thought is a huge shift. Yeah. And not, I think as, I didn't know it at the time, but I think that's ultimately why I realized I sort of had to go out to somebody who didn't have pre-existing mm -hmm. notions of what the library would be. Um, because I th I've been a principal a long time and I've had some really great teacher librarians and yet just the culture of what the library should be, mm -hmm. I'm using kind of the air quotes when I say that, mm -hmm. the, of what it should be based mm -hmm. on tradition, based on what a library looks like and sounds like, um, really has limited even some great teacher librarians in the past. It's hard you take itty bitty baby steps to move a library forward because there is so much rooted in that. And so here we had to start over from scratch and that's why I set some of those non-negotiables because I told Marnie, I know what will happen. If we start making this additional mm -hmm. planning time, pretty soon it will just look like a traditional library. Mm -hmm. And so um, we had, we've had to have a lot of discussions about that and how we can continue to evolve the how the curiosity center meets our needs but i think we're on to something good it feels like um we're in a situation where all the teachers expect marnie to continue to push on the boundaries and mm -hmm. they know that i will and so i think we have a really great relationship with our staff now i know people really yeah. seek marnie as a, a collaborator and as a a resource when they're getting ready to start new projects. And, and I don't think, from what I know about Metal Arc, you're asking the library, the Curiosity Center, to behave any different than your learning communities. Correct. Yeah. I mean, these are shared spaces. These are uh, places where there's a lot of student agency, a lot of student ownership, and so and a lot of collaboration, critical thinking, all the four C's are happening. And this is just, this mimics what's happening at the learning community. It's not like they come here and get some sort of different experience yeah. or, or a curtailed experience I think so I mean that's been my observation that you know when I've come to visit yeah and I mean it's it's cool because I get to do different things in different um, learning communities and that was part of a reason why I was excited about this too is I love working with different age groups I mean I taught middle school science you know for over a decade and so I for whatever reason I like middle schoolers I think they're pretty cool most of the time uh, but I also really I'm enjoy... glad we have that on a recording right yeah. <laughs> but um, I really enjoy the younger ones too and the f like the fact that I'll get to like develop this relationship with them over time and over the years I think is so special and really cool and uh, it's kind of exciting this year too I've been able to continue to have a bunch of different roles like next week I'm going to help teach some science labs on microscopes um, 
with the 7-8 with their PBL. And I'm excited to kind of do that, which looks very different than what I'm doing um, in 5-6 versus um, with the third and fourth graders and the first and second and even PKK. And it's cool that the teachers will come to me and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. What do you have? Or can you give us some ideas to do this? And so I love, I love just being able to be creative across the board. And I think what's important too is all those invisible functions that librarians do every day or curiosity coaches do every yeah. day. Collection development, making sure students are picking the right materials, building a yeah. website that has you know 24-7 access to both your, you have an amazing blended collection here of both you know uh, print and digital materials, databases, all that stuff. So I mean, all those things are still happening. Yes. <laughs> I know it's, it is a lot. I'll be it's honest. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming. I have really made it also priority like I said building relationships with my staff but also parents um, I have fabulous parent volunteers if I did not have these parent volunteers I don't know it would be challenging they help me with a lot of um, those kind of things those invisible things and yes. I guess my point is that I don't think and, and you guys will be the ones to say nothing suffers because of that I mean Reader's advisory still happens for students. If a student's struggling to find a book, it's not that they're not going to get assistance with that. If there's a teacher who needs a collection of resources put together yep. because they're doing a certain content area, that's I still, still do happening. That too. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all those things, I, I think that's sometimes um, where, where we get into a lot of conversations. It's just like, you know, I don't, I don't know how people like Marnie get it all done. One of the, the things I think where Marnie has become such a great, maybe the best resource for teachers is in that kind of collection or the, the um, aligning the, the books from the Curiosity Center to the studies in the mm -hmm. learning community. So what's unique in addition to being multi-age learning communities, as I mentioned before, we're also a fully project-based learning school. And... Um, with the multi-age learning communities that really added a greater challenge to the grade level teachers in that they only teach each curricula every other year. Mm -hmm. And so even though we're in year two, they're still writing new curriculum as you know a few days before they get to teach it. <laughs> so they've really had to rely on Marnie um, to pull resources to to put the collection mini collections together for kids mm -hmm. to come and be able to get access to especially nonfiction mm -hmm. that aligns with their learning and so um, that was something I think that initially teachers didn't really know how to do but Marnie has collaborated really well Great. with each of the teams and with five different teams she pretty much has five different systems of doing that um, that really have met their needs but that's something that I hear quite often from other teachers in the building they really appreciate about Marnie throw anything at her now and she'll find something for them and that's it's right. kind of a challenge <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's sometimes the most challenging part of the job sometimes <laughs> you know and I think like I have to be really intentional with my time and I you know I think one of my things that I've talked with Brent about is like I wanted to do school a little differently I think before this I kind of got burned out in my last gig because I don't know I didn't set as good of boundaries and I think that's also made it challenging because I want to make sure I have time for my family and for, well, I still have to do grad school outside of things and I have a lot going on. And so to be really mindful of that and say like, okay, how can I, when I come here, I really need to be focused and how do I want to be intentional with my time? And some things I have to say no to and I have to say, oh, that's a little whatever, but I'm going to leave that and let someone else help me with that. Sure. And so asking for help, not being afraid to do that makes a big difference. I, I always done. appreciate when I get email from you. 
Mm-hmm. You're never asking me for help. You're usually showing me something amazing you just did. So, <laughs> well, you wanna, if we can keep that dynamic going, that'd be awesome. Well, you and Ray, I mean, you and Ray have been fabulous. I mean, it makes such a difference. Like I said, I feel really supported and across the district and asking for help and putting it out there and not feeling like I have to know all the answers because I am new at this, but also trusting my gut on some things. Like, um, for instance, like one thing I'm really proud about, we're talking about kids like finding books and having access is that yes we started out genreified but what I found is like I've had to tweak things to really mm-hmm. help meet the needs of my students so that students can find books and one of the cool things that I did this summer that I'm really proud of because we have books from PK all the way to eight they were just on the shelf a lot of our mm-hmm. science books and so I actually started with science since that was my background and I pulled all like um, the K2 nonfiction and I put them in browser bins um, and I actually put them next to um, fiction and um, it's been really exciting to see the kids finding books so much easier when they were on the shelf the kids didn't notice them or they, they didn't even know you know they can't see them it's but daunting. in the browser bins, it's really daunting right? for them yeah but when they come to the browser bins, it's been so exciting so much so that I actually got more and I'm continuing to do that with the rest of our collection I did that with our social science and our arts and I have these new bins and I'm going to put those out and so I'm constantly thinking about how can I help our staff and our students, mostly our mm-hmm. students, like find the books that they want and need to use. You know, I'm a huge so, bin proponent. Yes. I'm a huge bin proponent. Okay. Um, you guys have been awesome in giving me this much time. So I want to wrap up and I just want to ask you, Brent, is there anything that you would want to say to other principals out there who, um, you know, I don't know, how do you, how do you, how do you help them think differently about their library spaces, their programming, their teacher librarians? What would you, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, I get a lot of opportunities to talk with people because typically the ones who come and visit our school are looking to make some significant changes and, mm-hmm. or, or even smaller hacks mm-hmm. um, in their environment. And I often will say, if you can focus on your curiosity center or your library, um, it's a way that you can spread the wealth. And so specifically with our district and a number of neighboring districts, on passing bond initiatives that have an opportunity to impact their entire school, but by no means rebuild and mm-hmm. and uh, redesign their entire school. I often tell them to look at their library as a place to begin, as a place to impact all kids. And so um, in telling that story though, I talk about you need a different thinker, mm-hmm. um, somebody who can challenge the thinking of those around him or her and collaborate as and hold their hands mm-hmm. as they're making those changes and so I just see it as being really the way all of schools are designed it's it is an opportunity to to shape the kind of the heart of the school the hub of the school and mm-hmm. so I'm always excited with that but it really does require the principal first to think differently because it would be pretty risky to have a teacher librarian in a role where the principal had traditional expectations of what a library mainly should sound like. Yeah. And so I think you, as a leader, you first of all have to give permission and then give encouragement to get there and then give expectations of us getting there. And so um, a lot of uh, people who come to visit our school aren't, I'm finding, aren't ready to make what I would guess as bold leadership decisions around that. And so it's been kind of fascinating, but it's exciting too because I've gotten some follow-up emails from a few principals who are like, 
you were right on. This is really the way to go with our bond money and, yeah. and setting a new direction for our school. I want you to know that basically what I think, what I, think I hear you saying too is that it, it's a really good bang for your buck to invest, to take those bond dollars and put them in a library. I don't know that that's the first thing people think about when they get those bond dollars, but you're, I mean, you're on the record saying, I just heard you say it. (laughs) Good bang for your buck. If you have, if you can, if you have that vision for what it could be, and then you have the right partner to kind of pull off those, those shifts that we've been talking about, especially sort of the future forward things we've been talking about. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And I, and I do have to give credit. A lot of uh, what inspired me as I got to plan Meadowlark was really the work that James Hill and his team are doing at Boulder High. Mm-hmm. And I figure if you can change it in uh, one of the oldest schools in the district and at the high school level, and you can start to create more of the bookstore feel in your mm-hmm. library, a welcoming place where kids can go um, to get a book and Mm-hmm. eat their lunch, talk to their friends, build, create, mm-hmm. figure it if he could do it there, I cer- certainly should be able to do it at <laughs> this level and starting from scratch. And so um, there really are some other great, some um, great efforts in our, in Boulder Valley School District that mm-hmm. have inspired me. And it's exciting to be able to do this work and to, to change it. And yeah, I've told all principals, start, if you can only, if you only have 200000 if you only have 400000 from your innovation money invested in your library where awesome. everybody benefits, and Good. some have been willing to do that. Great. Anything you want to add? Well, I think that goes along that well with Brent's yes and. I always kind of like to say some of my mantra has been, you know, if you don't ask, the answer is no. <laughs> so you just got to put it out there and see what happens. And it's amazing. You know, you put it out to the universe and it's like, oh my gosh, this could actually happen. And a lot of times what even what I think is possible with the students, they tend to always surprise me. Like when I do design thinking with students, there's always this moment in a design challenge where you think, oh gosh, what was I thinking? This is going terrible. And you just have to hang in there through that moment. And then by the end, you're like, oh my gosh, some amazing, you know, learning has taken place, you know, but you have to just be willing to, to try it. You know, and ask, go for it. I just think of the Curiosity Center here as just being one big design thinking challenge process. And it's still going on in some respects. It'll probably keep going on for a while. I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, I just showed you earlier. I'm really excited about this. Our art teacher Mm -hmm. um, did a project with our seven, eight students to create these Curiosity Center letters. And I had this vision before, like, even came up to this space. And it's, it's turned out a little different than how I thought. But I am so happy and just couldn't be more thrilled um, and I'm just excited to continue to get more students, you know, yeah. impact on it. And well, it's a great branding. I mean, that's right? an awesome piece of branding. You've got, you are, because it's a podcast, people can't see it, it but the students had created um, the letters of the word curiosity in different styles, and they're huge, and they're up on one wall. And, you know, this this is a great way to make sure people aren't calling this a library media center or an information you know. center. This is a curiosity and, center. You know, and we pers- purposely did not put them like perfect and straight across. Mm-hmm. We wanted them to kind of be a little hodgepodge over because it, it's that idea that there's not this perfect, mm-hmm. but that we prototype and we keep trying and it's got a, it's got a little unique style to it. And we mm-hmm. really like that. I'm sure a marketing company would have charged you thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars for that. It's, it's fabulous. And it wouldn't have been as good. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been no. as good. Absolutely. The kids did. All right, guys, I really appreciate this. Thank you very much. Um, as soon as this po- podcast is published, I'll let you know. I'll okay. send you a direct link. Um, and again, thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you.